think that it gives you a little bit of uh, understanding of some of the pictures that you're going to see here in a moment but from our uh, church this last couple of weeks. What we were able to do is, as we arrived, we uh, some of the pictures from the airport and we got settled in the home that we stayed at uh, Dr. Kwame Indy Court. Uh, he was a missionary that we had supported for a long time here at this church. And I think Kwame is, uh, even though he's a small stature of man, uh, he is definitely a very respected man in that whole region. And uh, he's got a lot of churches that he has been part of starting. He's got a lot of men that look at, at him. Sometimes we would describe as a bishop. A bishop will be a man that oversees many different ministries and have a lot of pastors under the hands that man. And so uh, we were able to stay there with him. Uh, you're going to see uh, also uh, some pictures of different churches that different pastors have a chance to preach out on two different Sundays, the last two Sundays. Uh, you'll see some pictures of children. That's where you're going to say, aww, is they are really well speak. Uh, little Azalea, uh, the little girl, I'm not sure she's three years old. Well, she just brought light to everybody that was there at the house. If you want pictures of her and Pastor Ken, and uh, you'll see other pictures too at the conference. Uh, and the thing I have to apologize, I put this video, the, the last slide of the video of the pastor's team. Some of you saw that on Facebook, probably. Um, but what happened is when I put on the flash drive, it only sent a link over and it didn't put the video on. So I apologize that won't show, and that was kind of like the highlight of it. Um, but nonetheless, you can go on Facebook and see it, and it's like a lot of hundreds and hundreds of people have watched this video and made comments and all spoke to their heart. And that video, uh, you will maybe have another opportunity to show it sometime, but it was like the culmination of what the conference was about. Because the conference is, is about the revelation. It's about eschatology, the study of last days. And we were all talking about heaven, and the judgment seat of Christ, the marriage, Israel, the Lamb. And we were talking about these things. You could sense the energy in the pastors. And they were selecting the songs, but the song they wanted to, to have us listen to and record is when we all get to heaven. And they sang their hearts out. And only as Africans came, they put their whole body and volume and everything into that. And so I say that, I wish we could see that, but uh, to me that was a bit of a highlight. So that's a, a condensed version of what you're going to see as far as the picture uh, while we're there. And just to pick on Dave a little bit, you'll notice in a couple of the pictures what Dave does best. Okay. That is Effie, the pastor we were talking about with the youth of supporters, and that is Pastor Swami, trying to show Mike how to take peanuts in the program. That's where we stayed. For the pastors that were there. What we will see is we're driving down the road. More furniture than Harry Bunker. That's Harry, one of the uh, men from IGN. He informed me talking, and there was a lot of laughter. A lot of enjoyable times and stories. 
and we will give them some of this material, this abridged version of it. And uh, in that same mission conference, I talked to the Quan. And he said, Well, we can get countries to come in to teach eschatology and the revelation because it's too broad. It's, it's really hard to simplify this book and break it down. And I said, I will. And so we began this whole process of how are we going to do this. And it was amazing to me how it began to evolve because he took, when he was here, the material that, that this gentleman had already cleaned up, he took it with him. They translated all of my material into French. Now, McDonald, one of my interpreters, was the man that did that. That's what he does for a living. Literally, he translates. And so he took the material and he translated it all into to French for the pastors. And it started out with 30. And then it became 50. And then it became 70 pastors who were coming to the conference. Um, I didn't know it until about the, the next week that Tommy told me that pastors were hearing about this and they were coming. And there, but there was no food and there was no shelter for them. So we had to turn pastors away they wanted to come into the conference because if they came in, they were expected to be able to have provisions and it just wasn't available. And yet some of them, some others came around back up as a man from the U.S. And then Rick, he came up to me, he said, do you remember me? Because I heard you were preaching here. I'm like, no. And here it was like 23 years ago, I met him at my last church. And he has been in Africa for 24, 25 years. He's been serving there uh, in Africa. And he came to the conference briefly one day uh, and had a chance to meet him. It's amazing how it all took place. And these pastors would come. And, and they were just filled with excitement, folks, because they got to study a book that, as I told Tommy, no one that they can get that is legit, that has good flow of the revelation, has produced anything in French. So all they can go by is classes from those senior classes that teach them at their seminaries, and that's what they know. I've called after friends of Israel, and I've asked them if they would please consider translating some of the material in French, because these national countries don't have anything unless they speak English. And it's a real burden for these men. So they're very limited in the resources. And so if they had, for the first time, at least something on the revelation, as soon as they were handed out, this is what they were doing. They were just leaping through and trying to get a grasp of everything that they had just received. And so you can sense the excitement, and as the first, uh, right before the first day began, I went to call and I said, call me, let me, let me show you how to teach when it comes to this. I said, do you understand the difference between a garden hose and a fire hydrant? And he goes, yep, I understand that. He's been here enough to know uh, a little water comes out of a, a, of a garden hose. When you open up the fire hydrant, there's a gush of water, and that's as I told you, this is what is about to happen on Thursday, first day. And we're going to get a fire hydrant. We're going to get a fire hydrant. 
and you can see as I'm teaching and getting the big picture of the whole thing. As those who are coming to the morning know, we just get all this information thrown to us, and after we're coming, we said, and I said, I mean that. The benefit of God is that all four come together. They do. More firehider. And he, he was saying, so you're really ready to get into your book and start in Revelation chapter 1. I said, we're going to start that on Monday. And we did. And what I do when I come to the, the flow of eschatology, the word eschatology means uh, the study of blast. Eschatology is the study of blast days. And you have to have a timeline down. But these pastors did not have the timeline down at all. Matter of fact, if I went through the timeline with these men, it was brand new material for them. Again, they were very overwhelmed. But come Monday, when we started looking at this whole concept of scriptures that were detached for them, they didn't connect. So we started getting these pictures of scriptures. Suddenly they're like, oh, I'm seeing how this begins to connect now. One day we took hours just on Matthew chapter 24. This is a portion of scripture that has been probably the most misunderstood and misused portion of scripture in their area of the last days. Most look at that chapter as natural. And we were able to show after hours. But this is not talking about rapture, it's talking about tribulation and the second coming of Jesus Christ back to this earth. When we were done, men were starting to stand up and give testimony. And the pastors were getting up and, and some of them were senior pastors. They said, I have been teaching the Bible wrong all of my life as a pastor. Now I understand what they were talking about. And lights were starting to go on in these men's lives relating to the scriptures. But we have no idea. And that's what can happen. These men were connected. They're talking. They're asking intelligent questions of how this all flows. These men were getting it. And then we started to go through more of the, the timeline then of it all. And it was the third day before we closed. I said, no, listen, I've been doing this timeline for you. Now, I'm sure. I said, I'm going to select one of you pastors, and you're going to get up here, and you're going to teach it. And they all went. <laughs> so don't think me. But I went to this one young preacher, just animated young man. And he's over to my right, and I went to him. I said, listen, I want you to be the one who is and, you know, the interpreter, he's like, oh, I don't, I'm too embarrassed. I could never do that. He, and he said, you need to get an old pastor to do that. So I went to a pastor named John, and I asked him, he said, I can do it. And he didn't know. And the convention, and he was going to get up, and he was going to teach the entire technology chart, and he did it. And it was really fascinating because when he walked through this, the whole timeline, the, the other pastors were watching and listening. And afterward, I said, no, this is not a criticism. This is the first time he has done this. Did you notice anything he missed? 
and he left um, he left the signing of a peace treaty in Daniel and he left the great white throne judgment and the destruction of the earth before the new heaven and new earth. That was the only thing he missed. And when I asked these pastors, how many of you could have done this day one? And they all went, oh, no, 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 we would never be able to do that. And I said, no, you know it. And what I was able to do, the pastor changed messages and most of us to so them all blended together. You know, it was different subjects. As they were hearing about the church and its structure, it was blending together, and these men were really pulling things together. And so now they have it. So they have a structure. And I said, now what I want you to do is I gave you the structure. Now you need to put meat on the bench. Now you need to start seeing the scriptures that go along. And they're actually starting to memorize all the verses that go along with rapture and where the inheritance of the land is, where the peace treaty is, the mid-trib, they understand what, about the temple that needs to be rebuilt, and they were so excited about all of these things. And it was all because of you. And that's why I want to give no idea. You have to be there. You know what I mean? To understand what happened. But these men, as they left, they had confidence. They were ready to go preach the word. I guarantee you, most of them changed this Sunday morning message to rapture or something to do with the future because they were so excited about what they were learning and now they were ready to teach the people. And that would not have happened if you wouldn't have been behind us. I wasn't even here during the business meeting, but it was approved and Chris brought up, hey, preach going on the trip and these pastors need to come to this conference. And they can't pay for it. They were very poor. These men are coming from remote villages and countries, Benin and, and uh, the King. And when this goes on with uh, the Ivory Coast, all these pastors were coming from afar. They didn't have money to travel. They didn't have money for a hotel. That was a hotel. Where were we going to stay? How are we going to feed these men? And so, by your giving, it's really neat because those who don't know, but I had several individuals come up to me and say, when you go to Togo to eat this, let me know what it's going to cost. They were ready. You need to get you going. And I, and I came back to them and said, by the way, don't worry about the finances, the territory took care of it. And you all voted to allow me to go and you provided a lot of the money to have these pastors come to this conference. It's any churches that don't even have their own people lights on in their buildings, let alone support missions and mission projects and this. I'm more worried about steeples and progress. And I still believe that the progress really for church to be interested in is a project of the kingdom. And the thousands of dollars, I think, that's like they said, hey, by the way, you're carrying the money. And I'm like, what? What? You know, he's only curveballs at me. And I was like, what are you talking about? You take care of that. It goes down. I was like, $2,400. And if you're carrying it in, 
And here's the check. Go get it cash. So I'm going to the bank, you know, getting all these $100 bills. We try to get a new one because that works better in the country. And so I'm carrying this in. The whole time, I don't care. You know, like Paul Barton, you know, and other ministers, they took the money, you know, to provide for the other. That was me. And I, and so we got it there. I couldn't wait to give it to him. And said, here we go. Here's, here's the money. And he was able to take that, that cash. And he was able immediately to go out and buy all the food and be able to get the transportation for these men to come. It came from the material that they bought. And it's because of the giving of this church and some other churches too that were, were part of this all. And these men, you know, I met several of them from the north. That's what Thomas Burden is at all. These are remote areas, very populated, but remote, and it was a predominantly Muslim community. And some of these pastors that I got to know. I started churches under Paul and Luther, and they started churches in the north. I was talking to one, and he was talking to his church of 45 people. And uh, this is this one man of yours. And he loves the Lord. And here he is in these hard communities, reaching people with the gospel of Christ. And we have the opportunity to feed them. And they receive some of the best food that they've received probably in a long time. Nourishment. But they also were fed the word. And they were able to grow. When we get to pet, sometimes I think what we can God is the most successful. I think what God does in trust with is sacrifice. And the sacrifice that you made as a church to allow something like this to happen is going to go on your church. And Hebrews talks about that I will give an account to God on your behalf and I will do it well. You will get a good report by me in heaven because. You've got a part of And I have a lot of pastors that I've talked to that are struggling, are down, and it's hard. And I look at them and I can definitely disorient in some ways to survive with them. But, but you, as a congregation, have a part of this type of ministry. And I believe when we stand before the Lord, these are the things that God has been saying to you for a time. You did it right. You did it more right. And I believe God has been blessed for that. And now, what happens is there's a domino effect. Because now that you are sent up there to teach, these pastors have this knowledge that they will be able now to pass it on to their people. They're going to be able to pass it on now to other pastors. And they're also going to know when some idiot comes in and teaches false doctrines, they're going to say, oh, no, 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 no. I had one man come up to me and he said, you have taught Revelation completely opposite of all of the conferences that I have gone to. 
they have the church going through at least a mid, most likely post-trib rapture. And they will also believe there's no more anyone. They don't believe in the second coming. And they, I, I asked them, I said, what did they do with all of these Christians if they did not teach them? It's because they don't understand them. They've not studied them out. See, now they've been equipped. And that's part of this all. As a church, we're part of equipping the saints in order to do the work of the ministry for the edification of the body of Christ. And Ephesians 4 talks until we finally all come together in the unity of the faith, but also to the stature of Jesus Christ. That we're to look like Christ, we're to be part of this whole body. It's interesting, some of the texts that we got into in the Revelation in the seventh chapter, once in a while, God gives us aerial view in the Revelation. And the aerial view was this. God gave an understanding of the end of the trip. What is it going to be like in heaven? And it talks about the ceiling of 144,000 Jews. And those who have been witnessing around the world, as Jesus said in Matthew 24, that the gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached around the entire world during the tribulation time period. And these men are going to be part of that. And then it says, And I saw a number that no man could number out of every tongue and language from all around the world standing before God and worshiping Him. John goes to the angel in, the, in that chapter and uh, says, Who are these national people? And he says to him, These are those that were saved under tribulation. You have to realize that even though many of them will be persecuted, many of them will even die for their faith, millions of people are going to get saved or betrayed in Africa, in America. These witnesses are going to be all around the world winning people to Jesus Christ. And then I associated that to us there. That God's gospel has been given to the world, not America. It is not English. It is not us. It is the whole world that God loves. And to hear the propitiation for our sins, but not for ours only, but the sins of the whole world. And I looked at these men and I said, we're talking about equality in Christ. No matter what the color, no matter what the nationality, no matter what the language, it doesn't matter because there's not one above the other. It is equal in Christ. And we all will become kings and priests before our God. And we're going to be part of the kingdom one day. The souls of people might feel that they're down here compared to another nation or another people. And God says, I wish you know what happened. The Bible calls the age of Savior and not a year. You all know what you there's neither bond nor free. There's not rich and poor. We are all one in Christ. 
and I told her, I said, isn't it awesome one day when Dr. Chase says, the word of you, take it up in the word. If we're alive when the Lord returns, you know, he's going to take us, but it, we're, we're going to go right after those who are already passed away, dead in Christ. They're going to go face and we're going to all together. And it will be real awesome if we can all look around at each other and say, it's possible. We're here. And I said, I'm going to be looking for you now. Paul says this way, what is my hope? What is my joy? What is my crown of rejoicing? Isn't it you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that you're coming? And we're finally united in heaven. All of the, the racial issues that we have, all of the nation against nation, the battles, even within an assembly, all chaos and all battles will finally be laid down. And for the first time, the church is going to experience peace like, like it has never experienced before. One of the number one questions I have about heaven is this. Oh, we didn't know each other. And I mean, like, you know, am I going to know, you know, Lori is my wife and I have four children and grandkids and all that, you know? And, and we, we're thinking about that intimacy that we have here. What will it be like then? Well, that verse that I gave you in 1 Thessalonians 2 does get an idea that Paul said, I'm going to know you as the church. I started that church. I know you. And I think that there will be an absolute knowledge of who one another is in the relationship we have. And the full domino effect is going to be like this. We reach leadership who reaches the people. And because they know the word well, they can reach the lost people with the gospel of Christ for them to be part of the body of Christ. We're able to encourage the Christians to persevere because of the hope that we have as Christians. The Thessalonians, first Thessalonians 4 closes down with the Rathreeders, comfort one another with these words. And this whole thought of eschatology in the future and the rapture is to bring an absolute assurance no matter what we're going through, God is going to make it better one day. And for that we wait. And for that we wait with patience. We're going to learn tonight a little bit in Titus how the thought of God's appearing and I said it right. It says, God appearing in Jesus Christ that He causes us to want to serve Him more. Not get away with that. It causes us to want to purify our lives and to live the Lord. I said this in the past, and I said it to us as Christians in my class. Why do we believe the line of the devil that the world has a better idea than they do? Or they don't find it. Don't we get tired of chaos? Don't we get tired of sin? Lies? Discussions? Covering up? Don't we get tired of wondering if we're going to be respectable that by now? You realize God has all the things that we're going through in mindsets 
Satan is the author of confusion. God is God desires to bring order in your life and my life. And it all starts with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It starts because you personally believe that Jesus died for your sin, He rose again for you, and God convinces you. Once He is inside of you, you now have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God enables you to change the mind, to change, and this is what we're going to get into in a couple of weeks in Ephesians 4, that what Christ teaches us, His example begins to transform the mind and the phrases, the spirit of the mind. It's the mechanics of how we reason is to be transformed as God is inside of us. And as we see stupid happening in the world, it doesn't have, have to happen to us. So we can live above all this garbage. We can live for Christ. And no matter what is going on around us, we have the joy of the Lord which becomes our strength. And we have a hope that Christ is going to be coming back. And our whole outlook on life is not negative. It is positive. That God is going to be able to use us. And that God is going to answer prayers. And, and He's going to have His will done. And our whole focus is on one day, I will be standing before Him. I want you to give account as a Christian. I want you to give an account as, as a, a husband or a wife, as a parent, as a grandparent, and for myself as a pastor. I want you as a congregation to be prepared for Jesus coming. That's what it's all about. That's our focal point, is looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. Someone in the room might be saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you come back. You keep coming. And you're going to see these scriptures. Philippians 2, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15, Colossians chapter 3. The list goes on. All these scriptures lead the principle of the church and have been taken away to be with him. And we will forever be with the Lord. And we're never going to change. We're never going to die. We're not going to have to worry. We're not going to burden and tears and all the sorrows that we know are going to be washed away. Done! Because we're going to get a very new bond with you. Is that your hope? Is that your hope? As you have done in my heart these last few weeks, I pray that it will somehow translate into our church. That we are going to be awakened to live for you as Lord Corinthians 15 says. That we will be able to give the knowledge of who you are, our Creator, our God, to the lost world that we live in. That we will be having a transformed or renewed mind. That the spirit of our mind will be woken to that which is Christ like and what Christ would teach. That the mechanics of how we think will begin to transform to those that which is called to this transformation. 
Lord, I don't know if our spirits know that you do. Maybe something that I shared has worked in some part. God, this is your invitation. I submit those thoughts to you. That you will work in that home. That you will allow us to see in our own souls with where we are in. And I pray, Lord, that you will quickly grant the aid to comfort those who need that. But those who may be struggling this world, the Lord will run to them and show them as to the best. He will run to that part that it hasn't even been saved. And it will draw that one to yourself. God, I can only thank you for what you did in my life when I was 19 years old. That you will save me. And how you are slowly changing me to be more like Christ. God, work on the position and do your name. Let's stand together. Pray with the organ before he begins to play. I don't know your heart. God does. For my friend, if you're here and you're learning about Jesus Christ, you're learning that he died for you and he rose again for you, you're going to be coming again someday. And so I want to be part of that. You can be. I believe it. You thank us for by grace that you save for faith. In other words, it's God giving you something you don't deserve. And what your responsibility is to believe the message of gospel. And you can't work your way down. That can't happen. But you can believe in Jesus Christ. That's the work God did. Refine you. Faith. You will believe in Jesus Christ and died and rose again for you. So just imagine it's you and I. And no one else in the room. As you and I across from your table in your home, if I were to ask you, what are you depending upon to get you into heaven? What would you answer? I'm a pretty good person. I'm good works that way, my dad. And I'm not the only God waiting for. What God's waiting for is for you to say, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin and that he rose again for me. That's the gospel of good news. For you and I. That's what I believe in the heart of men too. And you can believe right now. By faith, for God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that's why you sent your son Jesus, which is God's name and my sin. You gave your life so that I could have eternal life. And I believe you rose again too. And I now call on you to wash away my sin, to give me that eternal life. And now, Lord, that I'm Christian. Help me to live for you. Help me to love you. Help me to keep you first. Help me, Lord, to be a disciple of Jesus. If you say something like that, I'm going to really rejoice with you. Please let me know one of the actors from the know after the service is over. Father, and we find it hard to put into words how painful we are as a people. We come before you, you pray to show, and we do thank you. I want to thank you for this church and remembering so many times the opening letters to the church of that Paul was to be thank you for the people. And God, I want to stay and testify the same thing before you this day. I thank you for this people. And God, may we grow in our love for you, love for one another, love for our community, 
and love the missions in the world. May we walk humbly before you, seeking to be your will. Help us, Lord, to be desires of the things that you desire. Help us, Lord, to grow in grace and knowledge. Help us, Lord, to love mercy. Help us, Lord, to have love of truth and mercy, and that we will have a knowledge of you, knowledge of your word, that we will be able to then share these truths with others to be done that standard. I pray, Father, as a Christian, I would come with you, Jesse. Thank you for each one of you. God, we do want to pray the next week that Andrew's and Jesse is coming. And we thank you for the speaker this morning. We thank you for what we're going to learn. And I pray that it's going to be a wonderful thing that we're growing and able to understand the thing. The Smith is now is a blessing to the state. Bring us back in the doors open and do the same prayers. Amen. Have a fantastic week.